Mmm, that's good. Yes, that is the sound of a new episode of Digital Coffee in 2018. That's right. I finally got around to doing it. Yeah, it's been a while. I actually wanted to launch it a little bit earlier, but life happened. I got sick. That was the worst part about it. But I am back. We're going to talk about net neutrality and why people don't understand and get it. And it's not really your fault. It's just the people that are telling you what it actually is. Mostly their fault because they don't research or do really dumb YouTube videos that they should probably research before they do YouTube videos. Talk a little bit about cryptocurrency. Talk a little bit about Pebble and Fitbit. Rest in peace. And then we're going to talk about V2 or Vine2, but you're not supposed to call it Vine2 because of you know copyright issues. And then we're going to do um, you know talk about Facebook and why it's still valid to you know make fun of Facebook and as always, Google and their dumb choices because apparently they get tech, but policy and words are a little bit more challenging for them. Anyways, it won't be that particular order, or it could be, but you gotta you know listen in. So let's you know let's dive in. Let's dive into net neutrality. That's right, the ever popular but really very confusing net neutrality. So most people know about it because of you know John Oliver or anybody else really talking about it, not really understanding the whole thing about it. So net neutrality, as it was, was just basically is a simple way of saying we're going to keep the net neutral. No one has favorites over another one, and blah blah blah. And it worked for a while. The internet service providers could do what they want. They would get money, lobby, maybe do some great things, maybe do some not so great things, like be 12th internet speed in the world, even though we kind of created that. So th there's that issue. And then other things as well along the way. And so there have been lawsuits from trying to, governments trying to, or local governments, I should say, trying to build their own, um, you know, gigabit factory or gigabit data center to get, you know, really fast internet. But then you have lobbying going on. So there's a whole bunch of things going on. Plus the net neutrality that the FCC chairman wanted to uh, take away, which he actually did, or he's in the process of because nothing goes that fast in the government. Even though they vote on it, doesn't mean that all of a sudden, bye-bye. It's not like that. Uh, he wanted to get rid of the 2015 net neutrality agreement, not the one that was already there for quite a while. So there is a difference. 2015 sounded like a good idea, but people also don't understand utilities because when the internet is a utility, it should actually charge you how much you use, just like water, just like power. But people don't get that part about it either, but they want their internet. They don't want it to pay that much for their internet, which I completely understand, but they don't understand that part. And that's really difficult in my mind to, to, you know, look at people going, do you really know what you're talking about? And we had YouTubers being dumb and, well, not really researching themselves. We had Crit TV decide to do a YouTube video about it. We're debunking Ben Shapiro. And that just didn't go very well. I watched it going, I don't think you really researched that very well. Basically, the whole premise was, is like, why don't we give the government more power to regulate this. And I'm like, oh, great. So you complained about uh, internet service providers lobbying these governments to, I don't know, have exclusive rights, take the money. 
And then you get bad because they sued a little government for the Gigabit Center in uh, Tennessee, Chattanooga, I think he said. Uh, and then after that happens, you're, I'm going, hmm, I wonder if these local governments actually, you know, gave exclusive rights within a contract. And these companies were like, wait a minute here. I want to use, I want to, you know, still be exclusive. And then you're doing this to me. Well, I'm going to start to actually sue you. So there's another problem with that. Also, if the lobbying is lobbying the local governments for money, for favors and stuff, why would you want to give the government more power to regulate things? That just never really, I don't think he understood his own logic and he didn't really research and it lost me. And since he didn't do any research, why should I to rebut him? Because it would took me five minutes to go, yeah, I don't think you understand what you're talking about, even though you do your own YouTube channel. I'm on, have nothing against the guy, just I wish he kind of did a little bit more research instead of trying to debunk somebody kind of like a, you know, a lazy person does. I'm just going to debunk him off the top of my head. And then me going, I don't think you understand what you're talking about. But that's one problem. The other problem is that I foresee is, well, it's from the next web because they're all purveyors of truth, justice, and tech, or just really bad at what they do nine times out of ten. It's kind of funny to read them. But they championed, it seems like, um, one guy in Washington, D.C., near the FCC building, and he decided to spend a whole bunch of money for, well, reasons that I could, that I basically knew were wrong in about five seconds. So what he did was that he bought a whole bunch of cones, coned off one lane near the FCC building, and decided to ride his bike slowly saying, if you want the fast lane, you gotta pay five dollars. And I'm watching this going, okay, mm-hmm. So what about toll roads? Yeah, there's something called toll roads, and in California here, we have a bunch of toll roads, and so those prices go up the more people use it, or peak times in traffic, and it can be quite expensive. So I don't think he kind of followed through with this logic and went, maybe I should, you know, research this before I make a fool out of myself and think that I'm sticking it to the man, except that I don't understand that there already are toll roads, which basically makes privatization or priority of a lane possible because there's already toll roads and toll roads do that. They say, hey, you got to pay a fee for however long you go on this freeway or fast lane or whatever you want to call it. And if it's a peak time, we're going to charge you more for it. And when I saw that, I'm like, hmm, didn't really do your research, did ya? Yeah. Way to champion yourself for not really doing, you know, five seconds of research and saying, hey, does, do we have something like this in our own transportation system? Yes. Yes, we do. It's called toll roads. Next time, buddy. Don't make me, you know, make you look like a fool because that wasn't a good way of doing it. And I already debunked it. And that's was the whole premise of your thing was look at me. I'm getting back at somebody. And then we had, we had Burger King. Yes, Burger King. Oh, the champions of social justice and everything that's good about tech, not really understanding even the point of net neutrality. So here's the thing is that they were trying to say, well, if you want to pay for your faster for your food to be faster, it's more money. And I was like, okay, that that's that's understandable. It's maybe mildly a good 
explanation except for one thing. All their burgers are different prices. They would have to make their burgers all the same prices and then say, okay, if you want fast lane or you want your burger faster, that's how it is. But it isn't. All their different hamburgers are all different prices. Some are more because they're better quality. Some are not, not that expensive because they're not that great quality. So Burger King, you kind of did a really big advertisement and you didn't really, you know, think about that problem. Once again, I don't think anybody understands neutrality and everybody needs to stop talking about it because unless you actually really, really understand it, this is getting really ridiculous because I'm seeing a lot of flaws in the logic and I don't really care to go through it and go, again, do I have to do this again? Look it, I get it. Everything should be neutral. However, there are flaws even in that because Twitter, Facebook, YouTube slash Google and Microsoft don't actually do that in general. Yes, you're wondering like, yeah, they do. Uh, yeah, but just look at Europe. Look at what they're doing in Germany. For example, Facebook will look through or monitor what users do in Germany. And if they even criticize Islam, they will be reported to the authorities. The post will be taken down. And then these people can either be f jailed or fined. Well, yeah, both actually. For, you know, just delivering their opinion. I don't think that's neutral. Do you? Because I don't see that neutral at all. Or even, you know, the UK, where the police monitor, you know, quote unquote, hate speech. My lovely term of 2017 was always hate speech because no one can define it really because it's always subjective. So if you're the one that will always going, hate speech, there's hate speech everywhere, I'd be like, yeah, there really isn't, and you need to calm down just a little bit. So this whole net neutrality thing, even if the ones that quote-unquote say that they're for net neutrality can even, you know, give the people their chance to speak, I'm looking at you, YouTube, quite heavily. Why are you championing something that you don't really understand yourselves? You're not really doing it well enough for everybody, too. So YouTube really is going after people that with hate speech, I always put in quotation marks because I don't really, you know, quotation marks or quotations, fine. Because I don't really understand why or what hate speech is because no one can define it well enough for me to go, oh, that makes sense. That's a good rule. Because nine times out of 10, it's not a good rule. It's a rule for the people that have the majority opinion, which in tech land is progressive and it's actually not a really good opinion anyways to be honest with you you only need to like get some logic in there just a little bit um so i don't know it's a huge mess i'm all in favor of net neutrality in what it was before not in the 2015 one because the 2015 one didn't really do much anyways we already saw rising prices we already saw data caps it did absolutely nothing for us and people are losing their minds and some are saying that we're all going to die because the internet wasn't, isn't there or it's more expensive. Look at people. I was born before the internet. I actually played before the internet. You'll, we'll all be fine without the internet or with less the internet. Whatever, whatever helps you think. But seriously, people, just calm it down. Take a couple levels down and just breathe because, uh, or research or do something better than what these people are doing to try to convince you that net neutrality in 2015 or the 2015 version one is good and the old one's bad.
for some reason that I can't really explain because they don't explain it very well in general. Yeah, we're in this mess right now because oh, idiots, and I'm not talking about normal people, I'm usually talking about the people that try to give their knowledge away, which usually is more foolishness than anything else, and then pass it off as, look at me, I'm championing the people with bad information. And I'm just facepalming because I'm like, it's, what? It doesn't make any sense. Anyways, moving on to Robinhood. Actually, my one of my favorite apps, and yes, I do use it. I know they're not sponsoring the show, so if you're thinking that I'm being paid for this, I'm not. Actually, it's one of my favorite apps for stock trading, but the biggest thing right now is that Robinhood is going to get into cryptocurrency. Yes, the big scary, I don't know what this means, is what is it really a currency? What is it? Yes, they're getting into that. Yes, it's actually a good thing because there are other ways you can buy cryptocurrency, but it's not a zero fee trading. It's like one I'm using like one to four percent or something like that. So that's really, really high. So yeah, I'm actually super excited for this. So I actually signed up for it. I haven't gotten in yet because, well, it's hard to get in. Because I think when I signed up and like I knew about it that day, I was like 500 something in line. But I'm super excited about this because I can finally trade it. Even though crypto is kind of not doing very well right now, it's kind of on the downside of it. Which, yeah, it does make me very confident in actually investing in it because I'm like, ah, it's all tumbling. It's all going very, very low because of a lot of problems with it, with ICOs mostly. And well, other problems of, you know, one state subpoenaing Bitcoin because of things, and other companies kind of scamming you. So there's a lot of problems with that. Once they kind of get that nailed down, it probably was going to be a lot better. But yeah, but I'm excited for this at least. At least I have another option. Yay! Zero trading fees. It does help a lot when there's no trading fees because that can get kind of expensive if you're one of those traders like sell, buy, sell, buy. It just racks it up quite a bit. Just saying. So, if you're not familiar with this company, it's called Pebble. They actually made smartwatches. They're one of the first ones to kind of bring smartwatches, or one of the first ones to bring smartwatches to the masses. They were successfully kickstarted a couple times, and a lot of people bought them. They kind of went under. Fitbit bought Pebble, but not the company, but their technology. Well, I had some, I have a few, and Fitbit has said, well, Pebble users, you get six more months or about five now because by the end of June this this year, no more support. That means the only thing, the only thing that's going to be useful for this thing or the only thing that's going to work is telling time, and that's about it. Yep, telling time, I mean. Nothing else will work, no text speech, no notifications. It's not even a smartwatch. It's just a watch that looks very techy. So, unfortunately, it is almost the swan song of Pebble. I will miss you. I probably will never use you because you kind of made my smartphone, well, restart every five minutes, which was kind of annoying. So, I figured out that you were the app problems. I'm like, hmm kind of worth reinstalling you as an app if I know that you're not really going to be working after June. So for my Pebble owners out there, I feel you. I'm sorry. 
get Fitbit, I guess, if you really want to, or hold out for something new. It's kind of like it. It has long battery life, and that's the problem with smartwatches right now is that a lot of them don't have a very long battery life. It's kind of, it's kind of not good. Yeah, I mean, Apple kind of works like one day. If that Pebble, it worked depending on which one you got. If you got the round, it was two days. If you got the Pebble Time Two, it was about seven days. So you got you got pretty good longevity in those, but not anymore. Gonna miss you, Pebble. Well, I already do, but I miss you even more when you're actually, this time, fully gone. Anyways, moving on to Vine, or the V2, or Vine 2, or Vine 2.0, whichever one it is. If you don't really understand what Vine was, Vine was a six-second uh, social media app where you could upload videos for six seconds. That's why I said six seconds. Now you understand. Anyways, uh, I was bought by Twitter. Twitter didn't really do a good job of, uh, you know marketing it and building it up so eventually went to bye bye is now just a vine camera for twitter so the original founder who did hq live has said hey you know what i want to bring it back as v2 not vine 2 but v2 you can only say v2 because if you say vine 2 there's copyright issues and he doesn't want to deal with that i completely understand that so v2 is supposed to be a, a replacement Vine, if you really need that Vine itch, this is something for you. Now, no one knows when it's going to come out. No one knows if it's going to come out on Android, or I well, it might come out with, on iOS first, may eventually come to Android. Nobody really knows, but it's coming because one of the co-founders is like, you know what, I really want to do this again. So we're going to try to do it again. Hopefully it will pay off. You don't really know if it will pay off or not, but it should be interesting it's going to be about two to six and a half seconds long, so you have that as well. But like I said, no one really knows if it's going to be great or not because, like I said, Vine had a very short shelf life. It kind of was, it kind of came out before Livestream got really popular, and then it kind of was part of that process of it, of a lot of social media going, oh, we need to go into live streaming. So Vine didn't really have its heyday because. It wasn't live streaming, and heaven forbid it was live streaming, so eventually it just died out because Twitter just didn't really have any faith in it whatsoever. But it's good to see that he's trying again. Will it work? I don't really know. I may or may not. Probably not. More likely not. Anyways, moving on to well, Google in general. Now, I've usually been a big supporter of Google, but through the years, not so much. I think they're just a bloated company that thinks it has the answers to everybody's problems, or at least it thinks it can tell people what to do, what to say, what to think, and then they become pretty much idiots. Actually, Google is filled with idiots. They're really smart in tech, but everything else, it just seems like they're just not that smart anymore. Here's an example, the Google CEO is a giant idiot away from tech, like in business, obviously. Those two things he's actually good at. Policy, I'm still scratching my head because it just doesn't make any sense. YouTube CEO, she's a complete idiot too. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll give it that because the way YouTube's been treating their creators, complete idiot. Not very smart when it comes to, I don't know, what actually diversity means. 
So Google CEO and the YouTube CEO had this little chat with Recode, with Recode, which is basically owned by Vox, which, well, we actually think Vox is credible. I feel sorry for you already. Uh, but <laughs> I know, I'm making fun of a lot of things, sorry. But it's what you get in 2018, bolder and smoother, digital coffee, woo! Anyways, moving on. Um, the Google CEO was, you know, part of this whole tech town center with MSNBC, and they were talking about James Damore. And before I go on, if you're going, who is James Damore? Let me tell you, he was a Google engineer that did the memo, the Google memo that was a big thing five or six months ago. He got uh, fired for speaking his mind or writing his mind because it was quote-unquote sexist because people misquoted the memo or didn't read it or just assumed that he was being malicious without reading the 10-page memo. Now, I read the 10-page memo. It wasn't that bad. It just basically said that men and women are different. They also want different things. And then he went on to, you know, help fix a problem with hiring more women in tech. And Google took offense of that and said, oh, it's so terrible. Oh my gosh, the sky is falling. Look at women called in sick because they were so overwhelmed. And the memo was talking about that, saying that sometimes women get overwhelmed. I was like, is this irony or you guys not really reading the memo? Anyways, they did fire him because reasons. He is now filing a lawsuit against Google. And if you ever read that position, it's not looking good. Um, there are some very credible threats against his life because he wrote this, which I'm not in full agreement with. And Google is all on this rant about diversity and inclusion. And I always say this, if you're for inclusion, that means he should still be there. Because if you're being inclusive, that means you, you let in every type of thought. Now, I'm not saying that you have to be that. But if you keep on saying, we're so inclusive, guys, we're going to break out everybody's inclusiveness into our inclusiveness so we can be uber inclusive. And then someone goes, well, I have a differing opinion you do. You're out. Um, then I'm like, wait, that's not what inclusive actually means. Because if you're inclusive, that means you would let the person stay because you would allow him to stay because you're being inclusive to everything. Because... Inclusivity means that you include everything, and exclusive means that you don't let everything in. Now, I'm in full favor of being exclusive to bad thoughts and bad ideas, and it's usually in more in the realm of harm to people. So if you're going to say, hey, beat that person up, be exclusive on that. Be like, oh, we don't want that. It's bad. Now, if someone says, hey, look, I have this idea. Maybe men or women are a little bit different. Maybe they see things differently. And maybe we should, you know, craft a plan that's specific to men and specific to women so we can attract both of them. That would be fine with me. But with Google, no. Everybody's the same, even though biology tells us they're not the same. Because Google's not smart, really. Or at least the CEO isn't. I'm pretty sure there's a whole bunch of smart people at Google. I will fully endorse that. I'm just saying the higher-ups are making Google look completely eh, foolish. That's the nicest way I can say it. I'm never in, in agreement with people saying that we're being inclusive or we're showing our diversity by saying that this idea or thought 
should not be a part of our company because we're showing off our diversity. I'm like, wait, wait, but that's diverse because it's not the same as what you're thinking. But you're getting rid of him because, oh, it looks bad. Okay, well, read the memo, first of all. And second of all, if you're so diverse, that means you would leave him in there because he has ideas that actually made me good and maybe you should listen to him. But instead, you scapegoat him and say, look how terrible he is. Look at look how awesome we are. We got rid of we got rid of the bad person. Look at us. Look at us. Praise us. Put praise upon praise. Because we're Google and we have this search engine that, well, is sometimes good, sometimes bad. And we have YouTube that, well, demonetizes for no apparent reason sometimes because, well, reasons. Yeah. Now I'm looking at you guys. Yeah, that this this has been completely and utterly well stupid, to be honest with you. It's been stupid. I don't understand why we're still talking about this. If you don't regret it, because that's what supposedly what it is, great. But every time I see something about what you guys are doing, I'm like, you probably should have regretted that because great. You you can you can disagree with him, and that's completely fine. But when I see the platitudes upon platitudes, the diversity and inclusion, and I know I'm really hitting this hard because people really understand that, then you need to follow through with that and be inclusive to bad ideas because inclusivity does not have, it, is, it's, it doesn't have a preference. You're just being inclusive. That's it. That's why I don't understand why every company's boilerplates is we're so inclusive but if you don't agree with us we're not inclusive and I'm like that, that, that doesn't make any sense it really doesn't you, you should just be inclusive in general you know I got, I got my trailer guy's voice going on because it sounds fun every once in a while anyways moving on from that to another well it, it's about YouTube so YouTube is trying to reel from its bad mistakes every time now that the CEO of YouTube has said that it's now going to prioritize or at least it's going to negatively affect quote-unquote state-sponsored news and conspiracy theorists. Now, I don't know how they're going to deem that or delineate from that or who's going to be checking that. But I'm pretty sure it's not a very diverse panel of people going, well, that's not really that's not really conspiracy theory, so we're not gonna do that. So what I'm thinking is if everybody that's not extremely left progressive, communism is cool, even though it's killed hundred million people, uh, everybody else is going to be a conspiracy theorist. Uh, always Dr. Evil um, type of a thing. Um, but yeah, I'm not really seeing how this is going to be good at all. I'm actually kind of seeing this as, hmm, troubling, scratching my head. So if you're actually content creator looking for other platforms, you know, put your videos on, I would either use BitChute, Gab, Minds, uh, I think one's called PewTube, um, uh, for you know, diversifying where you put your videos on, or even Facebook if you kind of want to still dive into that murky pool. Uh, so, because, yeah, Google, I'm, it's like, I still want to use you because you still have good stuff, but I don't agree with you, 
but there's not really a better alternative right now. There's kind of some, but not really a lot. So it's kind of a love-hate relationship where I hate you more than you love my data. That's, that's the world we live in. That's unfortunate, yeah. So unfortunately, to fight the propaganda, they're going to be using more propaganda because, well, the CEO of YouTube is not... Doesn't seem to be the brightest person in the tool shed when I see the new policy changes, the very questionable policy changes, the really not very concrete policy changes that don't make much sense. I kind of scratch my head going, there's so many missteps here that anybody else would probably be fired by now, but you're still there because you're a woman and Google needs more diversity. That's really how I'm seeing this right now because I know they've had their quote-unquote diversity <laughs> diversity memos or diversity quotas don't have enough. Even Jason Moore has said that they have been um, well, if you're not if you're a woman, it's great. If you're a straight white male, it's conservative, it's terrible. I mean, he's even said that. And I kind of see how this is kind of working out. So Google could be eventually not doing very well in the coming years if he doesn't actually look and hire the best people without looking at sex, gender, which is entirely the same thing, but for those people that think that there's 70 genders, fine. Uh, or, you know, race. Just look at the what, what people can do. That's all that really should matter. But yeah, that's, that's YouTube for you. Fighting propaganda with more propaganda. I, I don't get it either, but this is the world we live in, where tech companies are now moralists, or pretend, or faking to be moralists. It's kind of like the Pharisees in the Bible. Yeah, look that up. It's kind of interesting. Kind of how the circular motion of all this virtue signaling, and look at me, I'm awesome, and look at my tech company. We're so big, we're so diverse in our own stupidity that we rejoice with stupidity. If you think I make fun of Facebook, I'm making fun of Google even more now. <laughs> it's a cool opportunity here. I make fun of any tech company that seems to think that they actually got understand what they're doing. And a lot of times they don't. But that's that's life. Anyways, moving on to Snapchat or Snap Inc. is the parent company. They have actually today, so this is frequent news. Ooh. Um decided to launch kind of like an e-commerce store built into Snapchat where you can sell things. So they're testing this out. It's, it's more for revenue stream than anything else. Um, I can see this actually being good if they can get a lot of companies on board. If the companies actually find value in it, this could be another stream revenue stream for them because Snapchat has not been doing well. Their user growth is stagnant. Uh, Facebook has basically taken all the good stuff from them. Twitter is looking to do that as well. So you got a lot of things going on. Snapchat, they're trying to find a way forward. And it's not looking good for them, but I still believe Snapchat because of their tech more than their social media. So there's that as well. Could they be bought out eventually? Maybe. Never really know about that. It's really up to the CEO at that time, but that is the newest update for Snapchat. Let's see if actually selling their own merchandise will actually help them you know, with the branding and people wearing it, people go, oh, look, there's the ghost. That's cool. That's a cool t-shirt. Where do I get that? You go to the Snapchat store on Snapchat. You should download it again. 
All right, maybe I will. That could actually happen. Will it? I don't really know. Maybe how's with you? All right, moving on to Facebook. So, um, Facebook is supposedly banning cryptocurrency and ICO ads because, well, ICOs have not had the best news lately. There's been a lot of scams. There's been a lot of things going on with that. Cryptocurrency is a great idea, but if these ICOs cannot figure out, you know, security and all this stuff, and with all the reports of people's cryptos being well, stolen or some ICOs actually being scams. There's a lot of problems with it. So Facebook and it's all its wisdom. I'm not saying this is a bad idea. I said, you know what, we're going to ban these until, well, something actually better happens because if it's a lot of misleading deceptiveness practices in it, well, the FTC will get involved. And you don't want the FTC getting involved. Trust me, it's not a fun thing. I actually never had them involved with me, but I can just imagine it's not a very fun thing to be involved with that. So this is what they're doing. I think it's kind of a way of um, mitigating their risks. And ICOs right now are very risky um, just because a lot of them are usually up in the news. It's usually never good news. It's usually a scam or a quick exit and they write penis on their website. Pretty weird on that one. Uh, we won't get into that one because it's just a, kind of dumb. Uh, but this is their way of fighting just maliciousness in their own site. And I don't disagree with it in general. I know I usually disagree with Facebook nine times out of ten, but this is the one time where I'm like, fair enough. That's that's not a bad thing to do. You're just trying to protect people from being not so smart. And, well, it happens. It just sometimes happens. All right. Now we're going to talk about, well, Facebook did their, you know, or is doing their algorithm changes and saying, we're going to get back to what we were as social, but we're not really going to change our business model. So we want your data anyways, but we want you to spend less time on Facebook because Facebook is not really healthy for you. And we want to prioritize local stories because those can't be, you know, false or misleading at all. <laughs> Nothing can go wrong with this. <laughs> I see kind of Zuckerberg is like, ha ha, ego. Uh, but this is what they're going to try to do to try to, you know, curb quote-unquote fake news. Uh, I really don't know what that means on 10 out of 10 because both people from the left and right go, that's fake news. I'm like, well, which one is real news? I don't know. You don't really, you know, tell me which one's real. You just say that one's fake. I'm like, okay, well, point me to the real one. And then you point me to Vox, and I'm like, no, that's actually just as fake. Or Slate, which is even faker. Or HuffPo, which is the fakest of the fake. I'm making words up now because there's, I can only say fake so many times. Uh, but this is how it's going to do it. They're also going to, you know, going to give you a survey. It's a two-question survey asking you which news sources you trust the most because that's not subjective at all. Some people just don't call, you know, Fox News fake news or CNN fake news. Or Huffington Post, like I just did fake news, or the fakest of the fakest news. I don't know if that's an actual, like, option in their survey. If it was, bravo to Facebook. I won't make fun of you for a day. Uh, but um, this is the new reality we live in. Now, I'm not really going to talk about the marketing purpose of it, because that's going to be my you know actual marketing podcast. But as just a regular user, I don't really actually use Facebook that much anymore, because I don't really see value in it anymore. 
it's just kind of, and I've actually said this like five to ten years ago, I foresaw Facebook being more of a digital wasteland than anything else. I think it's what it's eventually going to become because I don't think Facebook cannot sustain the momentum it's had for so long. This is why I bought WhatsApp. This is why I bought Instagram. This is why I bought Oculus because right or wrong, Mark Zuckerberg knew eventually it's the, the well is going to dry up. Eventually people are going to get tired of it. And they need to have other properties to stay alive as a business. And it was just a better business move of look of seeing the problem in advance, trying to, you know, get ahead of it. Now, I do see Facebook Messenger becoming what Facebook is and then putting a bigger priority on that. And basically leaving Facebook more like a video portal, almost like YouTube in general. But I could be wrong about that because I don't really know what Facebook, what's going on with Facebook at all. I just know that's how I foresee it. Now, the whole fake news thing and them trying to curb fake news, well, that's just more of a political reason for it because they were, you know, hauled off to Congress, just like Twitter, just like Google, going, dude, guys, like, there's this, all this Russia, 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 Russia thing. Like, it's all your fault. Even though people don't really read these things, they kind of just read the headlines and they go, oh, my gosh. I totally believe in this because it's a part of my values. And so I'm just going to share this without actually reading it and digging into it. But it's all Facebook's fault because reasons, reasons, reasons. Reasons. Because there's got to be four reasons in it somewhere. I'm not saying they're good reasons. I'm just saying they're reasons. But yeah, this is, this is the state we're in where Facebook is going to be, quote unquote, more social because... It's going to be focusing less on brand and publisher updates and more on what you care about the most. Your friends and their babies and their marriages and their countless pictures of pregnancies, babies, and and more. There's a lot of baby stuff going on in my feed. I'm like, ah, baby overload. I'm so happy for you, but I don't... There comes a point where I, I, I don't want to know that much there has to be a filter, a barrier between us. Bill, uh, well, my barrier is I just don't log in as much or as often because I'm like, oh, look, another baby picture. Okay, logging off. Anyways, that is it for the first episode of Season 2, 2018, 2.0. There will be some changes going on. It's just I want to get the ball rolling. I want to start doing this more often. So, as always, thank you for listening and Please follow Digital Coffee on Instagram at Digital Coffee with one E. Yes, I did change some of it. Facebook, same thing. Twitter, same thing. I'm also on Twitch as Digital underscore Coffee, as well as Mixer um, and a slew of other things. I'm also on Gab. You guys are on more of the alt-right slash free speech social medias. I'm on there as my own Dicer B handle. It's kind of fun. I actually get to talk to people. Also on Minds is digital underscore coffee as well. So find me there. Also, I've got some new t-shirts up on my stores. If you want to get some, you know, nostalgic, fun t-shirts or coffee mug, just go to digitalcoffee.com and pick some up. So join me next Monday where I go through marketing and morning marketing. All right, guys, have a good rest of your week and see you next Monday. Later. <laughs>